The following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Podcast One presents Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze, an entertaining behind-the-scenes look at the world of food, where you'll hear from anyone and everyone from the culinary industry, including restaurateurs, TV hosts, celebrity chefs, producers of your favorite cooking shows, and many more. Now, here's your host, Richard Blaze. Hey everyone, welcome to Starving for Attention. I'm Richard Blaze. I'm joined by Jasmine Blaze. Hello. Cue the air horns. There they are. <laughs> the, okay, we just got to get right into it. This episode is the last of our recordings from Aspen. Oh, Kind of sad yeah. until next year. I mean, I guess next we can year. just go back. Well, there's not that many people there right now, though. No, I mean, but I mean, we could like just go back to record. Shucks. We could just be like, oh. meet us in Aspen. Yeah. And get super, yeah. you know, super, super expensive episode. Yeah. Um, this episode was recorded at the St. Regis Hotel in... Wait for it. The Aspen Room. Naturally. 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 Right? Um, so it's a little so, but this bit echoey. This was funny. Kind of, it is echoey. It is echoey. Because it's a, gi- it's a big it a giant, giant room. giant ballroom. That we pulled some strings to get like one don't even know. employee we had, to shut down to, the air. Then we had to, yeah, we had to shut off the music. There was like Carol King music playing We had to reset gently. the table twice because I spilled water all over it. Was, it. it got a little crazy. We were all on our own, though. Right. It's the same room we recorded last week's Rocco Despirito episode true, in. True. Uh, and this one came together kind of weird, right? Yes. Okay. So this episode is Elizabeth Faulkner. Yep. And the Potash Twins. Right. Which so is like, sort of it's a not PB and J. A totally like weird Oreo cookie PB of sorts. PB and anchovies. Like how did it, how did it happen? You might ask. Oh, right. PB and anchovies. You're on fire. <laughs> That's amazing. And it happened through the magic of the Potash Twins. Kind of. Right. But there's a little no, there's I mean, a little there backstory. Was, there's backstory. I did a KitchenAid work with, with Elizabeth Faulkner right. and sort of cued her up to be like, hey, come on the podcast yes. if you're around on yes, Sunday. Yes, yes, of course. Right. But, but, but then Sunday Jenny came up with and we were like, you know, just tired <laughs> and didn't really have a space to record and we're just kind of throw something together. Yes. And Rocco was coming by. And Rocco was coming by. And, and then out of nowhere, which usually is the case, yeah. the Potash twins were like, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so they were gonna come down and they're like we're bringing a surprise Ooh, this right. was a little okay let's take us back into the moment yeah, yeah, yeah. i was a little nervous were you yeah Why? i was very nervous because I was hoping they'd bring puppies but well puppies would not better. be for a good podcast though true but i'd hold it. i did think they were gonna bring um zimmern no i thought you uh, know who i thought they were gonna bring uh no. maybe like someone from uh vanderpump they oh. <laughs> What? Have you never they, seen like they roll magicians? with Ken? They uh, roll with Ken. Oh no, I didn't know that. And like, I'm not you, surprised. You, though. you had mentioned little dogs. I like that makes sense. Yeah, you okay. got, I mean, the, the Potash twins are amazing, and I love them. I love them even more. They know absolutely everybody. It's so, or maybe it's vice versa. Maybe absolutely everybody knows them. I can't tell. We got to split. But this I'll up. tell you what: walking with you through a public like food event is usually pretty slow and like stop and go because people want to stop and talk to you, and of yeah, course yeah. we're happy to. Uh huh. Walking with the Potash Twins is like walking with the president of the United States. Wow. Like, a good one. <laughs> wow. First of all, massive <laughs> like, props to the Everybody Potash stops and they, they talk adorable. to everybody. They are adorable. Now they have their They're own engaging, show on Bravo. And amazing. And I get it. I feel like uh, I'm lucky that we I feel like we're lucky we had them on the podcast before they sort of blown up now. Totally. Now they're now they're running around with like a Bravo publicist. Day ones. Don't forget it. Right. Um, <laughs> and you're right, everyone wants to stop them. They are they're they're adorable as well. Yeah. Um, but they're just connected. Yeah. I said this about them. I just respect their hustle yeah. so much. Because it's it's like, yes, a lot of people know them, 
but like the 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 back end work of that, the prep, so to speak, in kitchen language. Yeah, they put in the prep. They chopped the vegetables. They got the mise en place done. Sure, and they they really have done a great job of also connecting two people. Uh, and I'm just happy for them. So they come by uh, with a surprise guest. Yeah, they didn't tell us who it was. The door opens up, and it does. It wasn't creaky. Man, oh, it probably was scary. And. It's Elizabeth Faulkner. Yeah. Oh my awesome. gosh. Yeah. I am, you know, we've been talking about being fans. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth Faulkner, similar to Rocco, is one of those people that like when I was coming up cooking, mm-hmm. I just like, this was a hero to me. Yeah. Mainly because, and it comes out full blast in this podcast, she is an artist. Right. Yes. And there are chefs who are craftsmen. There are chefs who are artists. You have to be a little bit of both to be honest if you're good. Uh, and she's certainly a craftsperson, but she... Is an artist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Next Her level. brain is just wired like yeah. an artist's brain, for like, sure. And nearing sort of like that, like, oh, she's insane. <laughs> no. In a good way. No, what I, I mean, mean is like, she's like genius. I would say something similar to you. I that, mean, well, like, thank you. Know. you. Then I, yeah. well, that's what I'm saying. I'm using it as a compliment. Like, wow, yeah. like that idea right, is right, so right. original or what you're doing. Right. Like, just... where did it come from? Like, that, that, it's that kind of genius that kind of artistry where you're like how did you ever think of it exactly so yeah. what and she'll get into it she gets into yeah, it and it we, really is a fun I, one of my better podcasts because now the potash twins are also the interviewers because like they have their own show so you totally. see a little bit of that like their yeah. growth comes out well, and there's remember there's like one two three four five of us around five the table of us in a bigger room so you know it, it, there might be times where it's a little hard to parse what's happening and i can never tell who's talking between ezra and adiv on a recording so. yes as one indeed. of them just just pick one of them is talking but that's we'll say that yes <laughs> yeah. um and but a lot of stuff comes out about art and music and food and then like traditional art mediums and mm. performance art it yeah. gets really like i mean we should have like you would think that we were uh, super meta in taking a uh, partaking in the uh, absolutely <laughs> in aspen's finest we should have that would have made it um, even better probably greenage uh <laughs> greenery but we weren't but it was a really fascinating conversation uh elizabeth faulkner i mean every time i run into her like she's talking here about this performance art thing which i don't want to spoil until you mm-hmm. listen to her talk about it but like the last time i saw her was in brooklyn and she had built a basically a Swiss cheese too. museum. Yeah, she gets into that too. <laughs> we talk about all of it, remember? Right. And yeah. like, and when I see her, there's always things like, there's always that part of Elizabeth Faulkner where I'm like, oh, I had that idea, but I didn't act on it. Sure. Or you're doing what I want to do. Right. Um, even with her hair. I mean, I, I'll always be honest. I'm always joking <laughs> that I have major hair envy when yeah. we're hanging out with uh, Chef Faulkner. Hey, everyone. Uh, the truth is most of us are brushing our teeth wrong, not for long enough, and forget to change our brush on time. I know that's the case with me. That's because most brands focus on selling flashy gimmicks rather than better brushing, but not Quip. So what makes Quip so different? For starters, Quip is an electric toothbrush that's a fraction of the cost of bulkier brushes. While still packing just the right amount of vibrations to help clean your teeth, Quip's built-in timer helps you clean for the dentist-recommended two minutes, which is always tough for me because I'm so busy and its guiding pulses remind you when to switch sides. Next, Quip subscription plans are for your health, not just your convenience. They deliver new brush heads on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. That's right, wherever you're listening to us. Quip also comes with a moment... uh, 
uh, with a mount that suctions right to your mirror and unsticks to use as a cover for hygienic travel wherever you take your teeth, which I'm traveling all the time, so this really helps for me. And finally, everyone loves Quip. They were on Oprah's O-List, named one of Time's Best Inventions and is the first subscription electric toothbrush accepted by the American Dental Association. Plus, they're backed by a network of over 20,000 dentists and hygienists and hundreds of thousands of happy brushers use Quip every day. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash starving right now, you'll get your first refill pack free, and you'll get a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free, and getquip.com slash starving. That's getquip, G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash starving. Uh, but this was a wild episode. Yeah. It's a little long. Buckle up. So buckle up. It's fun. It's one of those, like, honestly, like, this is probably, like, if I was going to do a podcast by myself, it would be like this. Yeah, ride it out. You're going a little, um, just to keep it with current events, we just saw Ant-Man and the Wasp. If you haven't seen it, and even if you saw Ant-Man 1. Guys, we're heading into the quantum void. Totally. Buckle up. (laughs) Buckle up. Enjoy. Luke showed up. Hey. No, dude, dude, the protest kids are here. Elizabeth Faulkner. Oh, my gosh. We need another chair. The twins are going to have to share a mic. You guys are going to have to share a mic. I figured you shared a womb. I feel like you should share a mic, right? Yes. Totally worth the wait. Yes. Look at this. Surprise. Surprise guest. Superstar. Good to see you. Yeah, I'm glad you made it. Good to see you. There's so much cool now in this I know, right? Not because of us, just because of Liz, though. Well, it, it is. Yes. Let's be real. I mean, we're going to be real. Yes. Well, no, we you, this has now actually turned into a real episode, guys. <laughs> I, know, I know. Before it was no, like, yeah, no, no offense. It was just like, hey, the protestants are coming over and we're sort of recapping it. Extra audio. Uh, but what a surprise guest. I was. I will say that we, I had three guesses. And oh, yeah. you were not one of them because I like who knew that? I didn't think you like could roll with such a hit person. <laughs> to, be honest, to be honest, it's... I, I'm just honored to be in her presence. We, we were telling oh, her on. that we grew up watching her on Food Network. Yeah, yeah I don't mean nice. to make that. You love hearing that, right? No, but I mean... We watched you with my mom. Right. Or my mom loves you. Don't worry. So just to be clear, because you guys, listen, you're pups. Like, you're always going to get that sort of, like... Um, but what they told us a, a couple of hours ago was like, hey, let's hang out later because you oh, guys are like the only two left. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are like the only ones here, so... Can I say a little bit more? Just for the record, on... Yeah. Not the video so no one can see. Right. That's something Ezra says. Yeah. I, I would never say that. Okay, so, so Ezra taking the fall. I mean, I can leave now that you have Liz and Dee. Like, no, 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 no. You, you can leave everybody. Yeah, no. Just down. the fact that you guys are sharing a mic, too, is <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Just, it's going to be a jam session. It's perfect. Yeah, totally. yeah. You never share horns, right? No, because he doesn't play. Yeah. Oh, no, we got no, into no, this before. No, 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 right? but I can play trumpet. He oh. just doesn't let me play his trumpet. <laughs> oh. He can't really play it that well. You know, you know what I like? Of, just so you know, I'm already setting up the long arc of your career okay. where, you know, when you're 15, 20 years into this thing, you know, when you're my age, um, you guys can have this, like, rivalry where you're just going at each other. And then it becomes Potash Twins versus each oh, other. Have you heard? Okay, I, I'm actually branding Dee's solo tour for when we split up. It's going to be called That's the <laughs> See? No, You guys are already on it. You yeah. ready for the name? Yeah. It's going to be called the D Tour. <laughs> oh, I like it. So yeah. I'll be struggling to come up with a name for my own tour, and he'll yeah, have okay, a great brand going also, Well, that's great, though, but you've named his, his tour. All yeah, right. you're so right. I'll really be pulling the strings anyway, right. but You'll it's still just be a way to make money for both of us. For the record, I named my own tour. You did <laughs> name my own tour. Like, 
I don't know how you playing this back in your head, but you definitely didn't name this to it. I remember doing it specifically. <laughs> See, <laughs> yeah. the thing with people Funny like that is, yeah. is you say something once, and he's like, "It was my." Yeah, puppy. it was yeah, over yeah. a puffy talk. We do that all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, real did quick, you watch that? Yeah, I, of course, dude. I follow you guys. Listen, oh. um, just to be real quick, you guys are like, you made it now. I feel like when you were on the podcast last, it was almost like you were still we knew like, you win jazz musicians, yeah. and now oh, you're like true. full blown food celebrities. You got your own Bravo show. That's well, nice it feels so real. Thank you. No, because yeah, you, you couldn't even talk about it when you were on the podcast. We couldn't talk about it. Yeah, so, no. so you want to just take like a couple quick little beats and, and tell us about your amazing I like show? the word beats because that's part of the name of the show. That's right. Yeah, I've always wanted to do – um, you might like this. I've always wanted to do a dish with beats right? but, and, and do them where uh, – but make maybe – do it instead of calling like you know um, also Dr. Dre has the headphones mm-hmm. and but do mine beats by Blaze instead of beats by Dre. I oh, get oh it. wow! I get it. I get it. I also thought it. maybe you would do like a pop rocks thing so that there was actual sound coming from the dish. Oh yeah, oh, I'm gonna do. Oh, I was yeah. I was thinking wow, you're on a step further huh? than that. I like that. I'm doing pop rocks for Fourth of July. You could name it Beats and Bites then. That makes sense. Beats and Bites, the name of the show. You could name that a dish. Then you could, you know, throw in it our way a little bit. I like that. But also, like you could have some, So, a D, you know, a culinary genius thinking about Pop Rocks on a dish, you can use it. That's pretty place. smart, because earlier today I asked you about food, and you guys were just like, steak, potato, <laughs> <laughs> salt. Yeah. You thought we were about that. Uh, meat and cheese and going through all, the, all of the high-end grocery items. Uh-huh. And I was explaining to the gentleman, you know, like, here's what, oh, do you guys know what this is? And they're like... We don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, uh, we, uh, let's be honest, that might be something like you know you need a little boot camp for. Yeah, and definitely. Elizabeth Faulkner yeah. would be perfect for that. Boot oh camp. yeah, don't oh, you think? Yeah. Oh, I mean, so well after this, we okay. So we, going into the story even deeper. Yeah, we were picking out items from the shop, and she shop, and kind of playing a how much does this cost game. <laughs> oh, because yeah, there was a mug, a regular mug. Wait, yeah, that was all, like that's why they were late. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Was it the rain or was it? No, yeah, that's how we were late. You're in a room with no windows; it's been pouring out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so D found a mug that was forty-two dollars, and we're like, and this is now a game. Coffee Dude, mug. Yes. yes, regular coffee. I did that same game at, at Goop. So oh, same yeah. same yes, thing, yes. and I was I like, how much? Louis Vuitton. Yeah, oh, reasonable, right? Reasonable, though. Yeah, it's dispo- yeah. Disposable shopping yeah. bag. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It probably was. It I didn't touch was. it. So Single probably use. Probably is yeah. like not even leather. Uh, so the the show though is yeah. like just exploding. Because yeah. yeah. I will say this, I know I re- last night when we were at the Belly Up, mm-hmm. and people were coming over and they're like. They were. They just walked right by me and they're like, "Can we take pictures of you guys? We love your show." I was like, "They made it. They like, they've it's jumped great. everyone." Yeah, we like, had a right? great experience yeah. on like a couple nights ago. We were waiting out here in front of the St. Regis with Andrew. Yeah, and everyone knows Andrew Zimmer. And some people walk by and they're like, "Oh, it's the musicians from Beats and Bites." Really? They didn't, they didn't even see Andrew, and yeah. they didn't even see Andrew. In all fairness, in all fairness, AZ has been rolling incognito. He like he was at the yeah. show last night. Like a we walked jack. right by him um, mm. yesterday. Yeah, before the before Belly Up. Changing yeah. hats. Like I really yeah. think that's he what did it. Yeah, some double agent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. Right. We saw him, and then we saw him like forty minutes later. He had a different hat, different shirt on. I was yeah. like, so he's like do? changing it up all over the. I place. think he's self-conscious because we made a comment that he was looking. He was wearing similar clothing for two days. Ah, so maybe changed a very maybe maybe yeah that might have been it. Hey, listen, be careful. You know, Darth Vader's over there, like pulling the Obi Wan on your on your mentor. Oh, 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 oh. oh, and they walked oh, yeah. right by Andrew Zimmerman and were like, take pictures with us. I'm not ready for that level of nerd. No, okay, that's, that was, that's that pretty was. high. Also, uh, 
uh, chef, you and I should maybe do some like brother sister like thing and just like try and take these guys down. <laughs> like I think we could pull it off. Like we don't. Have, I, mean, I guess we're revealing it on the podcast, but we we're, could we could somehow we're be kind related. Of twinsies in a weird. Way. I think yeah. so. We're yeah. both like you know extremely good looking. But people kind of uh, come up and say, "Where's Richard?" Like Stephanie is. Oh, I was right. doing her demo today, and she's like, "I don't think I should use as much leavening." But and I was sitting in the background, and she's like, "Oh, where's Richard Blaze when you need him?" And and then uh, I, and then oh, I, nice I actually out. stood up, and I was like, "Listen, yeah. you don't need that much." <laughs> it was hilarious. I'm like, nice. I need like 25 percent of that. that. And she's like, "Oh my god." Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I, mean, I, could, I was playing. You filled it. Yeah, you filled it. You were in the audience, right? No. Okay, so this is kind of the scary thing because, especially for me, a lot of my show is roasting friends in a very loving, <laughs> loving way. Um, but last year, so yesterday, Rocco sat in on my show. Yeah, we were right next to him. Right, and I didn't know that. And we mentioned him once twice, but we didn't. Oh, get you into only it. called him good looking. We you can't be upset with that. But we do like we were roasting like Jacques Pepin you were, yesterday. You were roasting Jacques. Yeah. We got it. We were, we roasted Curtis a little you bit. You were safe because Jacques was next door doing his demo. That's true. Let's be real. But you like the, the person you're roasting <laughs> is like actually out in the audience. Yeah. Um, but that's always. I also does that. I think it's kind of cool. I think it's kind of cool that it could be anybody out in the audience watching like that. When you're doing your show, if someone stands up and it's one of your peers, colleagues. Is that well? How does that make you feel like when you're doing a live performance? It's great, usually, yeah. especially so it yeah, especially if it's like you know necessary commentary on whatever's going on. Yeah. So you like okay, yeah, because to me, I love it too, but it also like it rattles me a little bit. Um, like mm. we did a show here one year when Carla Hall. Okay. And like, and I so, like, I mean, respect all of you, but like, you know, Carla is like one of those people who just like, you know, came up from Top Chef with me and like just exploded. She's my favorite person of all time. She's clearly the most successful yeah. person that's come from Top Chef, with, yeah. without doubt. Uh, so like that, really, even though she's a friend and I know her, I think that makes it even more nerve wracking. Like mm-hmm. I, when I perform in front of you, I can't stand performing yeah, in front of you. Because it's like that's my number one audience, and she usually True. doesn't like my work. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so you like it because you're just cool. Yeah, but see, also. Um, I think once, like, how old are you? I'm 46. Actually, no yeah, actually. No, I was gonna say like yeah. 37. Oh wow! Yeah, I thought you were like 40. Yeah. No worries. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Maybe, maybe. Oh, so yeah. we really are pups, though. Yeah, you, you are. are. Yeah, no way. He could be your dad. Yeah. He could totally yeah. be your dad. Yeah. That's all right. I just think like yeah. after so many years doing this kind of stuff too, where you're like, you know, doing cooking demonstrations, talking in front of cameras, talking in front of different audiences, small or large, whatever. You just get used to it, and and you just or it's just so much more. It's like your family. It's your people around, and you're just having a great conversation. It is true, I, and I feel like for me, and you've been like um, successful way before me because like you were one of the chefs that inspired me. I was just telling Rocco this too. Like when I was reading about like your work in San Francisco, like you were one of the you know the first like chefs that was doing like really modern creative stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've been doing this for a while, but it always it does it kind of like. It, it rattles me to see those people even, but now I do feel like we're family mm-hmm. right there's 100%. a familial aspect of Aspen Food and Wine I think in particular because it's so small and in a very condensed area I think people it, it, as opposed to other food and wine festivals people go sit in on other people's things to show support mm. and I think that's very unique to hear a lot of people talk about like should I go to Aspen should I spend the money because it is expensive to even just get out yeah. here right yeah. And, yeah. I mean, we're staying in, we're here in the St. Regis it's like it's an expensive place um but I, I liken it to like Super Bowls. Like if you've ever been, you guys mm-hmm. just hosted, yeah. you guys yeah. just Minnesota, you've been to a couple Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. The Super Bowls that work best are in the cities like in Indianapolis. Or how did Minneapolis go? Was it? It was great. great. It was, great. It was, it was, was very close, cold. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. yeah. No, everything yeah. was pretty pretty, pretty close. It was that, just that it was so cold 
Uh, there's, there's the issue there's with the like, uh, New York and Minneapolis. Also, it was like the week after we'd moved to L.A., so like it felt really cold. Right, we just yeah. gotten used to like yeah. the sun. Right. You guys but live in L.A. now? They, yeah. oh. How did I not know that? Yeah. Well, I mean, haven't you noticed just by the way they're acting? I guess. What? <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> I'm saying well, I, mean, I don't know. I, I saw him eat that big oxtail. You wouldn't do that in L.A. So. That, I had two big oxtails. See? That two. Yeah. Exactly. That might be true. But you kind of did in the textbook. Uh, both of... Uh, both. Yeah, they've both been talking about trainers now. So yeah. Oh, no, no. <laughs> She runs like four miles a day. Yes. No, no, no. She runs eight miles a day. Uh, four in Aspen because we're like at. That's right. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, why don't you just hire Elizabeth Faulkner as a trainer? Right. We I should know. move because back. I know that'd be amazing. So that Elizabeth can I feel like she'd be, even be like a good Skype trainer, like a FaceTime oh, trainer. Oh, absolutely. With yeah. 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 yeah, Healthy recipes. Um, and then we have to send her a picture every time we make something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. like she's <laughs> that's a big part, uh, Elizabeth, of your world, right? Because weren't you, Jasmine? You were talking also about some sort of like yeah, we talked martial about martial arts a little bit yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Just like you know, just. The types and varied workouts that exist in the world right now. It's, it's just amazing so good to, to change it up. I think yeah. people don't realize that doing the same thing, like, you know, we, we ran the New York Marathon in 2016. To, to get the, together. At the same time, yeah. yeah. And the, my favorite part about running the marathon, like, just with you being one of the 55,000 people that were running it, where you gave me one of your, like, power protein balls or whatever, like, something that you made. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The night oh, was like, awful. dates and, and whatever yeah. it was, I was like, this is amazing. Like, I'm holding it in my hand, like, taking pictures of it. Like, that's amazing that, yeah. like, you made your own, like, protein snack for the Yeah, races. yeah. And it was so delicious also. Well, um, how fun is that, right? Yeah. We're having, like, a culinary experience at the New York Marathon. That's something, though, totally. that you do, uh, you do though, <laughs> differently. So like, I, you, you seem to never uh, – you're a restless mind, I'm guessing, right? Mm-hmm. Because, like you said, it's good to change things up. I don't necessarily – I think also, like, you can't just do the same thing. Like, I think that might be something specific to you where, like – your well, workouts have or, to be different. Your or are you always creating, right? Or is it just because you're I just creating? think that it's, uh, well, just after observing so many different athletes and people doing different things and chefs, it's like you doing the same routine for your whole life, uh, at some point it's going to either burn you out, make you mad, um, and you're going to want, everybody's going to want something different, right? So that's why a lot of people end up doing culinary later in life too because they're like, I don't want to be a banker anymore. Mm. And right. so even for chefs, I feel like, you know, I've been, I cooked in restaurants for 26 years and I love restaurant world. I don't, I'm not knocking it at all, but it's like, I need to, I need to do food a different way. And it's the same way I've always felt about exercise. Like I played soccer for, from when I was nine until I was 38. Right. And then I started taking up martial arts and mm. doing more yoga and stuff like that. And reluctantly, I was like, I don't, I'm not a yoga person. I'm like, we can wait. I'm a skier. I'm all these kind of things. Right. And, um, but then like. After watching and seeing so many different people's bodies adjusting to whatever their job is and whatever their routines and the 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 habits that we get into, it's like you no, know, actually your body really does want to change it up. Right. It's just we get kind of our brain gets kind of lazy about it. This yeah. we're having this conversation and we're even present for this. Yeah. I mean, you're in the food space right now. Mm. You're, yeah. you're, you're, you yeah. know, trained musicians. Yeah. So you've already done, you're 24 and you've already, and you guys have already made that first sort of like, hey, music is not just enough. I need to create in different yeah. ways, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. you're kind of laughing about it, but you're, well, you're in the process of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What we say is we like any kind of Medium art form. We just want our personality to come across, pers- our joint personalities to come across. Because, joint. well, I don't know. I mean, like our collective personality. Because we think that our personality comes through some, through music. We can have a hard out. time saying we're just jazz musicians. Yeah, we do. We're starting to have an issue with that. Yeah. Because 
we've realized that if we, the more people we collaborate with, that there's you still hear protests. We feel we still feel yeah. like we're the same people. We're just trying to we're express ourselves a different way. We're right. doing a lot of hip hop now, and honestly, the stuff that we're playing sounds more like us than the jazz stuff. Right. right. Yeah. I this is kind of a. I, I didn't know we were going to get into like this type of conversation, but this is awesome because I feel the same way. Yeah. And like this is, I, I'm looking at you because like I don't want you to lose respect for me. Like I feel, <laughs> I feel the same way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a lot. That's true. Uh, the same way about the word when people are just like chef. Yeah. Like, no, I, like I'm always going to be a chef, and I'm always going to have some sort of connection, probably to restaurants. But like I feel like I'm, I've, I'm trying to, and I've done so much more than just be a chef. Mm. That there's, there's a part of me that feels like, oh, don't you know? I've done these other things. I've written this book. I've actually, I've acted in a movie. Like, you know, yeah. I don't want to be an actor or necessarily an author, but I'm more than just a chef. The plankton. I, I don't think. Or, I love that. If I can jump in here, I don't think of chefs as chefs. I think of chefs as artists because, to me, you guys are expressing yourself. That is a medium that you're choosing to work on. People work on technique in something, and then they express express themselves once they have a familiarity with that technique. I think chefs are just that's the medium. It's just we food. had this argument with Tom Cleekia because he called himself a craftsman. He said no. Yeah. He said, I'm, I'm not an artist. That's the same really clear. word. There yeah. are a lot of chefs who do think of it as a craft because they're just but we, they're participating as craftspeople on traditional levels. Sometimes with creative sure. spark, right? But, but some chefs are definitely more artistic. Mm-hmm. And then also, I don't think... Here's the problem. I think that people who... We've thrown this term chef around very loosely with home cooks. It's like... And mm, kid, kid, chef. at home. kid chefs now. Yeah, right? Like that's, I just, chef that's the part that really yeah. drives me crazy. Yeah. So it's, yeah. you're always going to be a chef because you've actually earned those stripes. Right. So think about okay. it like that. There's like a, Think about like military. Right. You've done your yeah. job. Yeah. You know, you will always be a chef. You're respected as a chef. Yeah, no, and I know that also the people that, I mean, you know, if we're walking down the street here in Aspen yeah. and, and people say to me, like I know that they mean it in the most respectful way as you would maybe call a doctor or a general yeah. or yeah. someone right. a chef. But coming from you, you're an art, you're you're like clearly mm. like the definition of artist like we were just talking mm-hmm. yesterday like you're now like doing performing art right but it's also I, I understand what, exactly what so you're saying you're, because when you, when you do the commercial for that uh, performing art that you do when you when you put up the billboard does it say chef yeah it does it's, it's, okay. yeah but I mean we I did a I don't think I told you guys about this but I, uh, I did a performance art piece I call it um, Crook and Bush Samurai so I actually wow, built a <laughs> at Soho House and packing and uh, recently in New York and uh, so I built a crooked bush in front of the audience and then I changed into a different character that it's basically like a self portrait so I'm like a young sort of anime kind of character with Maiko uh, traditional Japanese makeup on and and the sort of beginner gi and hakama pants, and I come out and... And the hair stays the same, though. No, 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 the hair, okay. the hair wow. switches, yeah. And so I come out um, yeah. and, and discover the Krokenbush, kind of, mm. um, it's more like Miami in a way, um, huh. and then I, I, can pick and then I come yeah. around and realize that it's actually calling me, it's, it's, it's my calling, so I come around, and, but I notice that it has a sword next to it, and I'm like, wait a minute, I can't, I'm just a beginner, look at me, I'm just a little girl, I don't know And then... Um, I pick up the sword and then I realize that I have, like I've got I've respected I respect the audience in front of me I've got plexiglass in front of me with a shelf and then I go backstage change into a cat suit with like Bowie kind of makeup and spiky hair and come back with the waka, wakazashi sword and um, and basically mutilate the croaking bush in front of the audience and then fling <laughs> right. it onto the plexiglass. Can I say that I love you so much more? <laughs> yeah. I, I think I didn't know that about you. I already respected you a lot, but 
I think the fact that you're willing to express yourself in a different way after having achieved so much in something, like the restless mind thing you were talking about, it just shows that as an artist, you're able to go to like translate in different mediums because. Right. Yeah. I, so I know I can do that, and mm-hmm. it's I'm. It's really all I can think about in so many ways, um, but it's not it's not an easy transition because yeah, food people love this concept, and so like yeah, I've got everybody from you know I've got so many people saying in a food festival situation that would be cool to do, and I'm like yeah, yeah. but I want this to be in front of art eyes yeah yeah because I'm looking at food as a purely artistic experience with this fun part of like we get to eat it afterwards. Mm-hmm. And how cool is that? Because it's like it's, I'm not going to try to bring it into a restaurant situation. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. want? Do you care? I mean, uh, do you care if the guests like are they're, they're coming for your art? But like, or do you care that they're coming for like Chef Elizabeth Faulkner for that show? It doesn't matter. Who it doesn't comes. matter to you at all. Yeah. But I, I would like to do some of these other pieces that are. It's sort of like I've I know a lot of visual artists that work with food as a medium, right? But. Then they kind of have to figure out, like, sometimes they do have tasting elements, but it's like, it's not really that good. It's sort of more about the experience. It's a shock factor that there's food It's not even about the shock factor, but it's like sort of like food can be a medium, an mm-hmm. artistic medium. But the, how about if the to, chef yeah. comes at it, right. somebody who's actually experienced in all the food tasting components of it and brings it into a, a different arena than just a different theater than a restaurant? I'm trying, I think that's amazing. I'm trying to translate that to, like, musical terms or, or musicians. And I know that I was saying that Tom thinks he's a craftsman and, and not necessarily an artist. But there are there definitely are musicians that play music yeah. as a, I guess as a craft as a craft. Mm-hmm. Like they they understand the technique and they play it, but they play it in an orchestra where they never actually put their own artistry into it. They're doing well, someone else's. Let me let me add let me add on. And I can see that. how that would be. There are there, yeah. there are musicians that are not songwriters that perform other people's compositions. To me, in a chef, in the, the parallel to the chef would be a chef that maybe doesn't come up with the dishes but can execute them. So and I, also do really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Right? And, 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 you know, amazing Yo-Yo, Yo-Yo, Ma, Yo-Yo Ma is an incredible executor of Bach and those yeah. types of things, but maybe he doesn't consider himself a songwriter or someone that can bring something to like the table when it comes to like forming a brand composition. new composition. But no one can execute it better than him. Um, Winton, a mentor yeah. of ours, is the best executor and, and is an incredible and like composer. And they're, it's very rare that they're the same person, but I think in chefs in the chef world, it's yeah. actually more common that they're the same person. Well, that's interesting too because you could be just the uh, you could have just made the croquembouche. It could just <laughs> it could have been a show by Elizabeth Faulkner, but you also you know you, you, I go you're, to the you're starting as like the croquembouche actor as art. playing yeah. the performing part of it. Sure, and I think that that's possible for me to do that kind of show in the future too I don't have to always be the performer but of course I needed to try it at least once no yeah. oh yeah no, it's, um, it's my, you, my love of martial arts and my love of pastry and all that. I think I think part of it though, like just to get not to harp on your age again, guys. That's okay. Sorry, but I think part of it what we're seeing, like we're talking about Tom Colicchio, and then like what your perception of chefs are. Like we're also at kind of a, a you know chefs have gone through a, a pretty big metamorphosis yeah. from like when Tom was younger to now, and you guys are seeing chefs in a totally different light than how people saw chefs in sure. the eighties, nineties. Can I add yeah. on to that also? I think that's maybe. I mean, yes, it's an age thing. I think social media has done a very yeah. large part of that because Definitely. I can now see Richard. Personality and Elizabeth Faulkner's personality right. when they're not working on their food or during when they're working on their food, but we get to see them from a different angle. Yeah. So, like, then I can see your this whole art, artist factor of yeah. doing your performance art. Right. Right. But I'm, yeah. I'm so here's because again, Colicchio as a friend, of course, and we were just with him last week. But 
Um, does Tom consider when he plays guitar, does he consider himself a craftsperson then? That's a great question. Well, we, probably have to ask Tom. We, we did talk about that briefly. Right, right. Yeah, because yeah. he plays, because he's a musician. And like I've seen him play and he's really into it. I'm going to guess that I, I, that he, maybe he thinks music is art in that, well, in that regard. We were but, also speaking to him with Winton at the table, so he probably wasn't going to say... <laughs> I'm thinking of volunteer well, that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> just a little plug. That, yeah, that but, episode how, one, but how funny is that, right? Because people come up all the time to yeah. us and say, my husband's the chef in our right, family. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like, okay, well, like a chef-chef? Right, right, right. Yeah, 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 <laughs> or the barbecue true. guy. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> I don't think musicians get pinned into the... Like, you know, like on Twitter, if you have a Twitter bio and it says chef, and then you say activist or other things... Like, if someone said I was a musician, I wouldn't take offense to that. Well, really, no, here's why. Because people like Common exist. A person who is an incredibly respected rapper, but then also, like, can be in movies and TV shows, and people aren't like, that's weird. They're like, yeah. oh, yeah. he's also good at that. Yeah, yeah. And I think chefs, it's a little yeah. bit, there's more of a, oh, well, you're really in this There's a more of a stay world. in your lane. Yeah, yeah. but, but I love when you were that's in, totally, uh, totally were in is it Why Him? Yeah. When you were in Why Him, I was like... That's, That's amazing. So like, finally, more branching out into right. the and personality also, aspect. And we saw a girls trip, and Carla was hilarious. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. And yeah. it's like, that needs to happen more, because mm. these people are personalities. Well, it's people like Elizabeth Faulkner that are making it happen, because you're doing, you know, these art I'm stretching artists. the boundary, I just picture yeah. a chef's table episode of Elizabeth Faulkner, where she's doing the, <laughs> you're doing your cooking, but then there's also, like, this part oh, of your, would, like, I mean, that would of, be amazing. of, like, the <laughs> Krokenbush <laughs> Samurai, like, First behind of all, the scene. music would change. <laughs> 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 I'm assuming it's softer. It's a Vivaldi. It's a so it's Vivaldi um, seasons. Is we, the, okay. is there, yeah. The other day, yeah, yeah, the other day yeah, yeah. I sat down to the piano. The other day I sat down to the piano. Yeah. So D was cooking something for us and uh, one of our friends, and I sat. I sat down. It may have been. I sat down at the piano and I just started jamming on something, and it sounded exactly like the but chef's table music. You played strings on. I, I was doing like the string thing, and it was just like doing the music. But we were thinking how funny it would be to like bring a grilled cheese to the table. No, like the bowl of Cheerios, not so, playing the chef's table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. So I have. A, so here, this I want to hear your thoughts on this. I have a problem with that, with the, that type of music being associated with thoughtful cuisine. Mm-hmm. Why can't thoughtful cuisine be associated with hip-hop, hip-hop or hip-hop or anything, uh, right? I think because there are But isn't it becoming like a, every time you see a, a beautifully shot image of a chef saucing a dish right. that it's sort of paired most of the time with this classical sort of... I think music. we would have good commentary on that because most of our music doesn't have lyrics. And I think that's what's happening with it, because if if, if there are words in a song that doesn't relate to the dish, I would already I would just assume that it was a mismatch of music to the to the dish. You're right about the lyric thing. I think if there's no lyrics at all, there's a lot more opportunity in what for you what to think about categorize what it fits under. Right. Because then the dish can be different. What it, it could mean something different for me than it would but, mean for the chef. But classical mm. music also is kind of uh, thought of as like an elegant. Like you go, you dress yes. up in a tuxedo, that's you go to the Met, and you'll see right. the New Yorkville, and I, think that's I just the same feel like it keeps it on. I feel like there's for me, it just there's no, it, it takes away the highs and lows. Well, Even though there can be drama within the dish or the performance, that the music has a big part of, like certainly on soundtracks with movies. I just think it's funny that there is like sort of basic formulas in television making, right? Right. And so, and I, I, I am often questioning, like, why, why? Are we sticking to the same rules forever and ever on mm-hmm. the specific genres of reality television or um, hmm. or like chef's table kind of stuff? It's right. like, you know, it, 
who's making up those rules? Like, you it's know, you can well, say that the audience isn't ready for it, but I don't think it's true. I mean, I, you know, as I've heard you even in your young years um, oh, well. sort of, uh, you know, be very wise. I mean, at, at the end of the day, these competition shows and these, and these travel doc shows now bring in viewers, which brings in ad dollars, and it, it becomes just sort of like, well, that's working. Let's just right. keep, keep right, playing right. the classical music right. and having someone travel the world well, and eat, to, no offense, <laughs> travel the world and no. eat delicious food. But I think in 2018, if somebody changed that, it would actually appreciate it. That's right, true. but I mean, then you have to have... It's a, it's uh, a big machine to move, I think. Yeah, well, you know? that's very, not that's, to like plug our beats and bites right now, but that's something that I think plug away. we're going <laughs> into that direction is it's no longer just about, hey, I'm in like Croatia and we're going to have octopus. It's like, okay, cool, have that, but then what, what are you going to talk about? Is there going to be something deeper Not than that? Not only that, the music changes every show because we have a different music, like a musician on the show. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to play And the, the conversation same. changes yeah. because if we have a rapper, we're going to be talking about a different creative process than a, like Wynton Marsalis is very technical. And so mm -hmm. we paired these, like Tom Clicchio and Marsalis. It's a great episode because these are two guys that like, very technically. Very technically driven. They work on their craft for hours a day. But have also been relevant in their fields for a very long time. Right. Yeah. So they've right. seen things change, too. Right. Hmm. Do you, I mean, do you think... I'm, I'm trying to think, cause again, because I know Tom a little well. Like, I, I feel like that's sometimes, like, such an old-school sort of, like, approach, though, right? When you say technical to yeah. me, that, like, is, is technical mean anti-creative? That's a so best question. then on the, on no, the opposite right, okay. end of that, is he, is no, I disagree, because on the opposite end of that, we had Michael Voltaggio, who I would say is an extremely technical chef, but is also one of the most creative people that I've ever met and encountered, yeah. including most musicians that, have, that mm -hmm. I know that are we take him. We take him to hang out with musicians in L.A., and they are drawn to him and his vibe, because yeah. he is, not just because he's cool, but, like, you kind of understand that, like, there, there's more to him than the limitations of a chef, I think. Mm. Yeah. That, if that makes yeah. sense. No, that yeah. makes total sense. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like I, even with Michael, who we're obviously friends and fans of as well, um, I feel like he, um, or we haven't seen it yet, he hasn't sort of just like unleashed that mm. part. Right. Where like you have to be really comfortable yeah. to be like, I'm going to go out there as a samurai and right. knock down oh, the stroke yeah. of I mean, Right. And like, it's it might not, it. like people well, might not like it. Yeah, I mean, believe me, because I have a lot of, Friends around me that are just sort of like, okay, whatever, Faulkner. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> crazy, cool, whatever. Well, probably because though you they 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 know you really well, right? so they know that there's like you just did but something since before some people, that. I mean, honestly, like I had some friends in the audience too, and they were like, I had no idea that was you as the wow, the, oh wow, okay, the other character. Because I, okay. so I had to, too, I had, well, it was it was hard. I had to actually challenge myself because I'm I don't I'm not an actor, and yeah. um and I was like I had to play. Basically, I had to get so much into these two characters. It's it's very out, very much outside of my comfort zone. Um, I can I'm so comfortable with the food part of it, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but um, but to just sort of play a girly girl in some kind of like Japanese anime sort of caricature, mm -hmm. which is definitely kind of part of one of my sort of alter egos in some mm -hmm. way, um, and then this sort of ninja warrior, which is way more comfortable for me with like punk rock music. Um, <laughs> But I was like, I, I've got to just make myself do this because I know I can do it. Did the idea come first? Did the opportunity, like, did Soho House come to you and say, we want you to do something? Or did you have this idea? No, I've had this idea for, like, 25 years. Oh, I've my gosh. That's wanting awesome. to do, before I ever made a lot of Crook and Bush, uh, and before I ever started any martial arts studies. So it's oh. randomly, over the years, sword fighting kind of started. 
I've made like thousands of croaking bushes. <laughs> I've served a lot of croaking bush, and then I was like, the path started just, to converge. Yeah, and, and I started talking to Soho House about some of our pieces that I. And when I say our, I mean my brother and I are collaborating on a, on a lot of these projects that oh. we call Paradigm. Um, so we have different installation pieces. Some of them can last longer, and they should be in art galleries or museums. Um, this one particular piece, the Crook and Bush one, is uh, more of a happening or a, yeah. kind of a, a respect to that sort of early performance art stuff that people did. Um, but with this food piece that I feel like that doesn't, that's never really happened before. I'm pretty sure, like, mm-hmm. some people were there were like, this has never happened on yeah. the planet before. We are because the part, the part of your story I love, too, was that at the end, people come up and eat. Yeah, right? everybody gets like, I love that part. Like, I don't yeah, know if you heard that part. There's like, this like, plexiglass awesome. screen in front of the stage. So um, it gets splattered on there like Jackson Pollock. Like, mm-hmm. right? And I put some, the cool part is that in the Crook and Bush, I put some other big cream puffs that yeah. I filled with um, mousseline, but also chocolate syrup and raspberry syrup. So as it got splattered, it kind of went multicolored. Awesome. Were you drawn to martial arts because you had good knife skills? Uh, part of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, what I really yeah. love about the question, though, is like you're like the gravity of the question coming. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I really got to know yeah. if it like, was the knife. What are you going to that? Because he's like, oh, it's like a bigger knife. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. But, bigger but, like, so there was a trainer at um, the gym I used to go to in San Francisco when I lived there. And um, she put up a poster that said it was like a poster of Uma Thurman, you know, in track oh, suit. Totally. I was just was like, going with the kill. This Saturday yeah, totally. is, yeah. Uh, you know, J- Korean sword fighting fitness class. And I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. we so need to we do that. We got a yellow yeah. track suit for her. I kind of love that. Yeah. Like, this is like, I learned how to make croquembouche. I really love croquembouche. I learned how to use a giant sword. I watched Kill Bill Volume 2. <laughs> Here's this amazing, like, art piece that's going to come together for her. Hey guys, uh, listen, I want to take a minute and talk about underwear. Yeah, underwear. Everybody needs it and new is better than old and they have to be comfortable. So you have to get some of me undies. Me undies, stay put, no moving around. They come right to your door. You can get a matching pair for your partner like uh, Jasmine and I have and uh, you're going to definitely like them. It's a no risk offer. They'll make sure you get the perfect pair for you and if you're not happy, they'll refund the cost and listen, uh, you get to keep them and because you're listening to me, you'll get 15% off your first pair and free shipping. Go to meundies.com slash starving. That's meundies.com slash S-T-A-R-V-I-N-G and uh, Jasmine's in the room and uh, you know what she did the other day she uh, came up to me and she was like hey check out my underwear she's never done that in our whole life uh, and it was some avocado underwear so uh, they come in some amazing styles and fashions and listen here's an extra gift for you order a pair take a screenshot of your transaction like Jasmine did and send it to me actually well she didn't send me a screenshot and I'll send you another pair you get one for 15% off and then another pair from me free that's right Richard Blaze and Jasmine Blaze are sending you me undies the first 25 people to send a proof of purchase a screenshot of your purchase a picture of the package when they arrive, send it to me. I'll send you another pair free. Just send your proof to gift at podcastone.com. Put starving in the subject line and you'll soon have another pair in your collection. Let's do this, everyone. Get some underwear from MeUndies and go to MeUndies.com slash starving. At American University, we don't just hope for change. We create it. We don't just dream of a better world. We make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, 
you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout D.C. to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu slash grad school. Hey, listen, uh, if you like this show, then step into Heather Dubrow's world every Thursday and Friday on Podcast One. Heather's talking to some fabulous guests like Queer Eyes, Caramel Brown, actress and singer Kristen Chenoweth, and so many more. You don't want to miss a second of it. Check out Heather Dubrow's world at Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. And also remember to rate and review their show and maybe even Starving for Attention. You're listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. You also know, though, even before that, uh, I call it a museum, but what you were doing with uh, the cheese at Star Chefs. Oh, yeah, with Emmy. Uh, yeah, but so you, like, you I went basically to Switzerland. made a, a museum. I, 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 I made my own little art gallery, basically. You made an art gallery yeah. uh, that was just about this one specific cheese. So, were you guys at Star... Did you ever go to mm-hmm. Star Chefs? Mm-hmm. So, the um, ICC Congress that they have in uh, Brooklyn Expo. It's actually a great space. I've seen it on Instagram, I think. Like, yeah, yeah. you love. I mean, it's yeah. really cool. I mean, then there's the people do some really great stuff on stage, um, cooking demonstrations and, and um, workshops and stuff. But so I was uh, a brand amb- I have been a brand ambassador for Emmy Cheese for the past couple of years, and I went to Switzerland and learned how to. Well, I met some cheesemakers. Went to the Kalkbach Caves where we, where they age all the best Swiss cheeses in wow. Switzerland. Mm-hmm. So I th- I feel like. I mean, I'm not talking just as like some uh, like the spokesperson, but it, what as a chef, when I first started cooking, I worked in a little French bistro, and we used Gruyere cheese on our croque monsieur, mm-hmm. right? And so it's a cheese I've kind of taken for granted, quite frankly. Um, and it, I've always used it in you know gougere and all these little dishes, but sure. it's sort of like it's is it's on the same par for me as Parmigiano or Reggiano. I use a lot oh. of that stuff too. Mm-hmm. I love pecorinos. I love cheeses all over the place, but like. But the Gruyere Swiss cheeses are so special and unique, and I think Americans, the typical American perception of Swiss cheese is just an option from American cheese. It's just mm-hmm. like this cheese right. with holes in it that you put on. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're yeah. just a little more one in the multi pack. Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> but the truth is, there's like so many different ones. So I met all these cheesemakers. I went to the um, to the Alps where the Alpine water drains down the, to these caves, and oh. the cows are grazing on Alpine herbs and grasses, which is enzymatically changing their milk. Yeah. Um, and it's, it was just such a fantastic journey. So I came back and made 13 fragrances um, <laughs> this, yeah. based on cheese making. This is awesome. Yeah, this is amazing, by the way. And so, them, so I came back and made 13 fragrances. <laughs> yeah. Like, wh- like that's, that's what to kind of we so get into. Like, yeah, so, yeah. like, okay, you're doing work for a brand. You love it. You're going to you come up with some sort of, like, program for them. But you decide, you know what I'm going to do? Like, we're going to figure out how it's made, and then we're going to make these fragrances. And then you just tell the brand, hey, this is what I want to do. And like, everyone's just like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Because well, you know, to most brands, that sounds insane, probably. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> it's a very yeah. creative idea. Yeah. yeah. The, it's out of the box. To. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Well, so the cool part is that um, one of the people I worked with at Emmy was they, but a couple people. They were like on the trip in Switzerland, and I was telling them about some of our installation pieces that we were working on. And he said, you know what would be really cool is if you can come up with something that's kind of like an installation for Star Chef. So that's where mm. it came from. Mm. Actually, came from them saying, "Here's a green flag, go." Right. And I was like, "Okay, here's and where you I'm going." You were like, right. "Hell yeah. yeah!" And I was like, that's "Okay, so gas. what I'm going to yeah. do is build myself a little art gallery." They gave me a budget. I stuck in the bud, stuck within the budget, and um, I got these amazing blow-up photographs, um, transparencies that I put in light boxes uh, of cheeses aging through the as they go mm. through in the caves. So they look like three different pictures of the moon. 
Which is perfect. It was wow. I, I got to experience it. Yeah. What I also loved about it was um, Scarlett, who's not here, um, but my assistant chef, who got to go to Star Chefs with me as well. That was her introduction to you. So I think that's also crazy. Like, come check this out. Yeah. <laughs> Look what Elizabeth Faulkner's on. She's she's got a, a museum piece. She made this uh, you know exhibit about cheese. Like you're just yeah, like that was cool. So but the weird. the fun part was like the so like the, we had some imagery obviously in the little space, but like the living wall of you know I tried to do like a, a planner box living wall thing of some of the representative of the uh, representative of the grasses and herbs, and then and then I had to use a lot of artificial turf because after all mm. I'm in New York in the winter or whenever it was, but it was just <laughs> like I can't build a whole living wall. It's gonna be too much money. So it was like all artificial turf wall <laughs> and then a few plants. <laughs> and then, um, and then, but this table of fragrances was the, was the best part because it was like four on what the cows are grazing on. So like four fragrances based on herbs and stuff that people can kind of relate to, right? Oh, that smells good. It's like a perfume. You could yes. actually wear that. Yeah. But then you get into like the dairy and animal smells because right. now the milk goes to the dairy. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's a little stinky. But yeah. And then it's like aging. Right. Which, like when you're talking about Swiss cheeses that are mostly washed rind. Right. So when yeah. you walk into a cellar. Yeah you get like blown away by ammonia and all the oh, fun yeah. going on, right. right? So like, I just tried to recreate each right. one of those steps. But and you had all these atomizer, atomizers laid yeah. out so that you can come into this exhibit and then be like, oh yeah, fresh cut grass or whatever, whatever. <laughs> I forget what the specific flavors were. Yeah, yeah so you tell the story of the cheese through the fragrance. Exactly, right. yeah, yeah. But the yeah. best part was that one of the cheese makers from um, like around Zurich area came in and um, he, just was kind of looking at me he smelled everything and he's like finally he goes this smells just like my house because he lives right above the dairy oh wow he's he's like how did you do that like it smells exactly like what it smells like and i'm like i have a really good memory for smell and i translate it into food constantly but i've never tried to do it in fragrances and so (laughs) he's like but you got it it's like so perfect it's so right on I don't know all of this about you. you well, like, no, my, favorite, <laughs> I, my favorite part about this is like when I think of you as a chef, I think of maybe like equal parts savory and pastry, and that's ex- kind of what cheese is because it's served as a dessert in a mm. lot of places. But it's all it is savory, mm. like when you taste it. Mm. So it's just it's like your spirit. It's like all the things, right? It's, 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 it's so like quick, quick uh, follow up here for everyone is then how do you feel about these? Um, Oh, museums yeah. that are built specifically for social media. So the ice cream oh, museum, ice cream museum. Ice cream. is one. There's an avocado one. There's coming. an avocado. There's, there's an egg a... one in uh, New York that yep. just I... happened. So uh, have media, you been? Media play. I've. She's been to I the did, ice cream museum. I took the kids to Museum of Ice Cream. So and it was, I haven't. It was um, okay. So I mean, well, Jay, it was, it's kind yeah. of mixed reviews because I've yeah. been listening to a lot of yeah. uh, art podcasts. So, like you know, the serious art world is sort of like you know, you go and you take a selfie next to a, a pool filled with rainbow sprinkles. Yeah, mm-hmm. is that really you know I, art? Is I that... go to museums like learn about things that I didn't get to experience in my lifetime. Yes, and I think it's so selfish. You go into a museum to take a picture for your Instagram. Yeah, that definitely. Is the exact I, opposite of a thing. No, you go definitely to encapsulates yeah. like art. I can Elizabeth right is now. thinking hard. I can appreciate I can some. I mean, like my, I, I you know, like Museum of Ice Cream is the only one that I've experienced. So, with my experience there, I kind of felt like I wanted to yeah. learn a little something. Like, yeah. and maybe it's my own fault for for the I, the word museum makes me yeah. think of maybe just learning. Totally you know, right. picking something up. But uh, kids loved it. I mean, like honestly, yeah. there was like mostly twenty somethings and mostly just taking selfies and taking pictures. And you know, they had a couple of like weird. Well, are the then there. are the are the guests of the museum? Uh, are, are, is that the actual art? 
I just hope like, that's, is that the I, commentary yeah, is more on. I think it, I think the idea of the word museum for me is what throws it off, and I think if that's what the direction like museums are going, that scares you the crap out of me. But, oh, no, but exhibit oh, is so great, right? Like Wait, exhibit let's is just a great. Go back for a second. So like, when I was a little kid, I remember going. So I grew up. My dad's an abstract painter, and so I grew up um, around going to museums and art shows and galleries constantly. Yeah. And uh, but one of my first of all, one of my favorite TV shows when I was a kid was called Zoom. It was a Boston production, and the, the kids were doing all these art projects, and it was just very cool, and I wish there was something like that today. And it was yeah. kind of like, I remember it, because I, I, it was like trippy, like, and, it, and it like bright colors, and it was like a pretty... And they spoke pig Latin. Colorful show, yeah, <laughs> it was, it was like in your face. Yeah. And they, wrote, they wore like rugby shirts, and I just wanted to be one of those kids. Yes. Like that, right? <laughs> yeah. and, um, but I remember going to the Boston uh, Children's Museum. Yeah. So like, think about that for a second, because sure. children's museums are... Or like in San Francisco, there's a place called the Exploratorium. Yeah. So those are that. It's a different yeah. kind of museum. Yeah, sensory, um, definitely. But those are amazing places because yeah. I'll never forget climbing on this gigantic dial telephone thing when I was a little kid, like in the holes, like coming up oh. to yeah. the giant yeah, yeah, yeah. telephone thing and thinking, this is the coolest thing that could ever happen in my life. Mm. And um, just because it's this giant phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For yeah, whatever yeah, reason, yeah. it was just like, like this is I, that was just... Yeah. The giantness of it, yeah. and um, so I think the idea of jumping into a ball, a, a pile of sprinkles or balls or foam pads or whatever, like of course that's fun. The sprinkles was um, awesome, and I don't think there's anything knocking that, especially yeah. posting it and whatever. Mm. Uh, right, I, it, and did, I also, it then becomes almost like you're just judging the people that are there for the selfies, and then like, is that really? Well, but I also think that like when you talk about museums in the in the big world, like. Of course, we need places to store like historical art, but sometimes those get kind of like Stuffy. okay, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. it's like the same as it ever was. My favorite places in museums, which is why I'm so into this installation idea, are the installation parts. Like you go to mm-hmm. MoMA and somebody's, and suddenly mm-hmm. Bjork has a whole installation thing, and I'm like, yeah. oh my god, how cool! Because installations are like not permanent. Right. They're just yeah. going to be the, this place that you get to go to for a. Like like a jungle gym for a second, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like that's the show. ultimate kind of art. So, are, so they, I mean, these basically are pop up. Yeah. Rest, like, I mean, it's it's yeah. it, it, they're oh. sort of it's sort of like the next level of pop up restaurant. Is that what what it insula- you know, Kind of. I, I think yeah. it is right. Yeah. Or even like mm-hmm. if you think about like what Noma's doing. I mean, obviously the pop up restaurant's not new, but the idea mm-hmm. of like the celebrated chef going on tour, yeah, and just bringing their food or their artwork to a different city and to a different mm-hmm. place. I don't know, something that means. I think it's liberating for chefs too because, you know, I've worked in brick and mortar places for 26 years and I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to be stuck in the same place anymore. So I like the idea of like, yeah, I want to go open a restaurant for three months in Umbria with Nancy Silverton. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's so funny because, like, being a musician, our life is to travel and play music. So it's funny to have the opposite. And be like, what if we had one location right. where everyone came to see what well, we did? Well, it's Vegas. We didn't have to travel. <laughs> well, I mean, but I mean, if you're playing and uh, in Lincoln Center or something, right? Yeah. You kind of have that. Yeah. You have that stadium, right? Is yeah. that sort of true? But at the same time, mm-hmm. there, there's something interesting to be said about the fact that musicians go to other audiences, and then chefs, the audiences, go to the restaurants. So mm-hmm. to us, we go to the people, but then the people go to you in terms of the chefs. Right. So that's interesting because, like in all honesty, Minneapolis should have a Prince band playing every night. 
in a specific location, and it shouldn't be called a tourist trap. It should just be people <laughs> celebrating his music, and you know what they, where to go see that. Is there right. not, like, does that not happen? No. I don't think it does. I think so, you guys just well, like, obviously came that's up with a business plan. Business. I don't have the energy. <laughs> to I got this part from the podcast. You guys can go back and try and, uh, try and make that happen. You can have it. Um, but you don't have to pay the rent like a restaurant. Restaurant. Right. That is true. Okay. But we got to travel too. That's the, travel that's the worst yeah. thing about being a restaurant. No, our yeah. rent is paying the band. Well, no, you guys also. Pay well, here's the, the so here's that that so you're you're looking at this and again now with your family's uh, history being uh, um, you know sort of Artists. explained there a little bit it makes sense you're looking at it from like the the art side of it I've lately been looking at it from like the comedy side like been really obsessed with the fact that like. Well, what I really do, like the demo this morning, I'm, tomorrow I'm in Denver, is I'm a stand-up comedian. I show up, I do a show, I'm there right. for an hour, I leave, and that's yeah. great. And I want to do that 250 times a year. Like, that's yeah. what I really love to do. Mm-hmm. The problem is, like you're saying, uh, when there's food involved, it's not just a microphone that you need for the comedian or for a mm-hmm. musician. You're, you're bringing maybe yeah, your, you're bringing your so, horns, mm-hmm. but what else do you really need? Mm-hmm. And that's one of the problems I think we have in the food world. Right. Well, you need your sushi, <laughs> then right. you need you product, this. and then you need maybe a caterer. Yeah. Right, and that's it becomes costly. For some reason, that feels liberating to us to come into the food world and not necessarily have to have our horns at an event. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. we're like, oh, they, they appreciate what we're saying, too. Mm-hmm. Not just what we're performing. Mm-hmm. So it feels great. Like As so much as I want to no. perform at everything, I love going to an event and like, just kind of being a personality, like no, but in the same way that Liz wants, like enjoys doing the performance art aspect. Like in a way, it's liberating to switch mediums for a little bit. Hundred percent. Well, like you did it, you know, yesterday, right? You had yeah, right, you guys right. performed, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like honestly, I want to. Like, why are we not doing? What are you calling your your show, the Crook and Bush? What is the name of it? The whole uh, yeah. series is called Paradigm. I, I, why I want to see Paradigm in Aspen next yeah, year. Yeah, agree. Mm-hmm. Why is that not right. one of the nights Absolutely. that everyone's going to that? And right. just like when or we did a, and just, just like a piece, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And yeah. just like when we we did a cruise ship with Tom Clickio once, and guess who played that? And Tom Clickio played right. with a band, oh my God, and I guitar. That. Yeah. Like, there's also kind of something really amazing about like seeing an artist right. in a different medium. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. wow, he really like he just crushed Hotel well, California or whatever it was that Tom played. Well, his so last bad, name is escaping me, but uh, <laughs> so no. But like Steve Martin, Steve Martin, oh my. Oh, yeah. like, you're, 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 incredibly yeah. respected comedian actor. Also, great uh, bluegrass player. band, like great banjo, banjo player, player, and has an incredible bluegrass. And, and basically, his started his career with the banjo being an essential prop. Definitely, yeah. and, and people go to like see him perform, and they're like, "Oh, it's Steve Martin, who and we the, know from everything." And I'm sure but, he has to be funny sometimes when he's doing that. Like, just to, to keep the audience, but it's amazing. So maybe the the deal is, though, that, like, we hold on to our own uh, tools longer than... We, we constantly say that people only think of me this way, but mm. it's, I think it may be that individually we hold on to our mm. craft. Yeah. Yeah. Not, it's a comfort you know? zone, There's a safety too. there, yeah, yeah exactly. There's a comfort zone. Of, right. Yeah. So then, then, our, and then, our, then our chefs... Because of our egos or whatever it is, do we hold on a little more even? Probably. And like the well, musician who becomes an actor, like you, you mentioned, yeah. comment. And, or, and what, what you just said, um, Elizabeth, is you know you said I don't want to do that anymore, which to me, I mean, just from knowing you, I don't know if you could even utter those words outside of to me. Her saying but, it fills me with like like hope, right? Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But was but it hard like, to get to that point of saying I don't want to do a brick and mortar? You know, like you know, like it's also feeling like. I know that people are going to say, "What happened to her? Like she doesn't do that anymore." Like, mm. like we just and I made a mistake. We or talk something. about like, the idea of like, well, I didn't make a mistake. Actually, right. this is the path you chose. Yeah. Choosing it's the idea of right. selling out. 
Like, like, have you, because you now are, you know, you got a job as an actor or a writer or a performer or an artist, like, have you sold out uh, your craft? Can I, here's where I think the music part actually plays a very interesting role in this, is because just because a musician's not on tour doesn't mean they're not, we're, like, we're also in the studio, too, where we're creating stuff. But I don't have to have a restaurant to be creating, like, dishes. That's right. You right. guys don't have that. Actually, better creating outside of a restaurant yeah. because I don't have to sell that many Caesar salads. Mm. So like that <laughs> that day. method is <laughs> understood. <laughs> that method is understood as a musician, but as a chef people don't. No, but it, it is it is the chef a little, little bit, but to a certain extent here's why. When you're creating a restaurant, there's like the hype of, oh, well what's Richard Blaze going to what what's his new menu going to look like? Or what's his new restaurant going to be? So yes, when we're in the studio working on an album, they're like, oh, what's the album going to be? Who's on yeah. it? Like what like what what is the music going to be like? So there's a, there's a way of like you work on an art and then you present it to the world. And I think that's a similar thing with chess. We can't go back and change how our album sounded like. Right, but isn't... Uh, finish your thoughts, but, but you can change your menu. Right. Yeah. Because you can always be Richard Blake. But Blitz. you can't. A lot. No, because yeah. the once, once you okay. get people here, right. we're getting into the... sell so many cheeseburgers and so many Caesar salads for that restaurant to survive because mm-hmm. you're actually with the real equation is going on around you, which is the rent and all the other little costs of everything going on. So we have several friends. I completely agree with you. We have several friends who are at this level in their career where they're like very, very respected for something, but they have these passions to do something else. And they're so, very or, talented at these other. Things. A friend of ours is Terry Crews, is a comedian actor. Sure. He is an incredible drawer. He, he's an incredible drawer, artist, painter. Like, honestly, better than just, people like any other. Just person focus on that. And, and, he, and he mentioned to us that he like wishes he would be taken more more seriously for that, equally as seriously for or that. Or why can't he, people can't see just because he's an actor that he can't also do that? Well, I've also wanted, and you mentioned it with uh, you said alter ego. I've kind of this is this is really like revealing because I don't think I've told well, you this. Well, this is your like superhero stuff. I've wanted to sort of like it, like to do some of these other things, almost like have a different name or yeah. a different alias, oh. so that there's nothing that comes before, no thoughts come before that. Right. And you know where you see it? It was a hip hop artist, music. Recently, yeah. Where there are uh, you know well, like Snoop what is it? Snoop Lion. Logic's got another. There's it was Logic, plenty, wasn't plenty it? of people. Yeah, there's lots of people, people that do that. Have, uh, all of a sudden, the Snoop Lion, right? Yeah. There's, there's right. this other alter ego okay. that exists. Um, yeah. So Common is a very good example of that. Uh, our friend of ours, incredible musician producer that we work with, is named Robert Glasper. Very respected in the jazz hip hop world. Common is in his band, and they have a group called August Green. It's right. not Common. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. August Green. It's not Robert. Right. So it's, it's not Robert Glasper. It's not the other guy whose name escapes me. But it's mm-hmm. August Green. So, the, it, but you know you're going to go see Common. But it's look at this new thing we're doing. Like they're able to rebrand right. so themselves. The, yeah. so they can package themselves. Name almost like frees all con- yeah. the pre preconceived. Yeah, like there is a way to maybe do that, to kind of have a clean slate somehow. You you just mentioned album real quick. Yeah. Is the album the version of the brick and mortar restaurant? Now where you don't have to, you don't need an album. You the can drop album, a song. Every, you can drop a song every week, right? If you yeah. wanted to. So wanted to. to me, the album. But that's uh, like putting out a dish with no sequencing. Uh, it, which yeah. is kind of like thrilling, though, in a is way. It? I, I think that's kind of what we're talking about. But I think Elizabeth's installation is part of that, like saying, hey, I don't have to have the Caesar salad and the steak. So it's like you. a big picture story versus like a small To story. me, I'm still, I'm stu- you, I'm still know, stuck with the album is parallel to restaurant because of this. When you're working on an album, you're thinking about how it fits into the big picture. You're thinking about, oh, well, if someone's going to come 
I'm gonna just go back and forth between music and food here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna be at a restaurant, you're gonna you want them to start with some like one dish, then get to another dish, and get to another dish, right. and then get to a dessert because the perspective you gain through those courses will make you appreciate maybe the final dish, and then at, at the end there's the whole a whole experience. Yeah. The whole experience. In music, when we're writing music, we write a bunch of things, we kind of spit it out, we edit it, we work on it, and then we say. Okay, oh, so where did this? What's one. no like? Yeah, why? Mm-hmm. But why does that song have to go before another song? I don't know why, but yeah. as an artist, like our gut says, right. oh well, maybe it'll make them feel something differently because they heard the song and, before that other song. And uh, contrasting, like, but it's not. But it's also this differently and... because it's not like an appetizer. It's not like well, we're going to serve them a smaller portion. <laughs> yeah, so small, it's not uh, considered an entree, <laughs> right? But right? it's, it's an so similar, really. It's like a tasting menu. Yeah, yeah. right, right, right. Menu. Where it's one thing can build to another. There's something to be said about the parallels between that. We talk about that. Like, I'm not sure. That's what the whole show is about. And to, if I can go into the like kind of a hyper version of that, even composition of a dish versus the composition of a song, because we're not talking about the big picture. We're just talking about like little things. When you guys are composing a dish, you're very conscious of harmony, texture, how things, texture, how things play off of each other. When we're, when we're working on music or a specific song, we're thinking of okay, so we have a great melody. Which is, to me, I think would be like the protein, because that's the main thing sticking out. When you're working on a dish, you're saying, okay, so well, maybe maybe a, maybe a sauce is the harmony because it lends perspective to and the it protein. Brings the grain together with the protein. Or something. Yeah, I, I don't know what, exactly if you would say it the same way, but to me, like a sauce would elevate the main, like the protein or the, the sure. steak or the fish or the chicken. In music, the melody and the harmony, the harmony makes the melody sound better. If the harmony, if the melody is just by itself, it's cool, but it's not amazing. If the harmony is just by itself, it's cool, but it's not amazing. But because those things are together, you're like, holy sh**, this is something so cool. Right. And I think if you had a sauce on its own, you'd be like, oh, that's really good. If you tasted a steak and it's cooked well, you can say that's really good. But if you have a steak au poivre together, you're like, oh, that's why that's a thing. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay, here are some useful car tips that you might not be aware of. A coffee filter and a little bit of olive oil can clean your interior of your car. Removing excess weight from your car will improve gas mileage, and you can place your key fob to your chin to increase its range. Super weird, right? Well, here's another tip you might also not know about. True Car also helps people get used cars. That's right. True Car isn't just for buying new cars. With their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience, whether you buy new or used. And with True Car, users can see what others paid. So they know if they're getting a good deal before buying. They're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with True Car certified dealers. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, check out True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. This kind of is for, every, for both of you. Like, How often do you create a song through a jam session and for someone who's cooked competitively or has had to like just do a lot of improv cooking, mm-hmm. how often does like really sort of getting out of the studio and just doing something true, like letting uh, loose and just like cooking or letting loose and just like playing. Yeah. How often does that create the album or the restaurant, if you will, something mm-hmm. that's more technically thought out? A lot for me, I think, because I... I some, was going to say some, the exact opposite song. <laughs> oh, well, no, but, no, but I, I actually think our artistic processes are very contrasting. When I go to a piano, I just start playing. I don't even think about it. I just start playing. And then if I hit something and I'm like, oh, oh, like... I can't live without hearing that again a right. lot. I need to get that to be a permanent thing. Right. And I think when you write music, which is inferior to how I write music, <laughs> oh, you, you like to have, you like to go in there and just like. Don't tell me what I'm thinking. No, no, no. Like, <laughs> what I would do. Okay, then let me say what I would do. Speak for yourself. Okay. 
All right, so your process is different. Well, I was going to say that I don't think I would take anything away from a jam session and turn it into a song because it wasn't fully my creative. Like, you're writing with other people in a way mm. when you're doing a jam session. And I don't like, I wouldn't put that out there. So there is there no musical equivalent of that? So there's no such thing in part of my ignorance here. There's yeah. no solo jam session. You don't, I mean, oh, there's no... Yeah, look, we could put on a backing track. Right, okay. Okay. And just jam over it. We do that all the time. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's a great it's way just, to practice. It's a great way to practice, and you just kind of, like, get to express yourself with just going for, like, we go for things we wouldn't go for live. You know right. I mean? um, so, yeah, there, there is that. Like, we just put on... Put on. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. right. But you need to be, so you, but for you need... Yeah, but, like, if I'm thinking about it as a, as a chef competition show, and they're like, here are the parameters of this and this and this... Mm. Yes, you could easily make a dish out of that and put it on your menu if it's amazing. But like in my opinion, I'd be like, "Oh, but they told me what to do, so it's no longer coming from my like it's not fully my idea." I don't think anyone would really put together. Well, although there's weird things like Chopped where they give you some well, crazy things and then you're like, "Oh, that actually works well, together." Perfect segue. So, a chef. Yeah. Like you've cooked, I mean, you've had to do a lot of improv stuff. Yeah, and quite frankly, like I. Sometimes, I mean, they're putting different kinds of, um, I don't know, space around you. So, yeah, but you're still relying on your creativity. And you do kind of do this sort of impromptu jam session. And But sometimes I'm like, I would have never thought of mm-hmm. this thing mm-hmm. that worked out so well. And is it because of the, so then is it's it just because, because of, of the, the pressure of the moment? So, that, well, some artists really do thrive under parameters. And I think D is one of those people. Yeah, like if, we, if I was in music school and they said, Play one note over all these chords and see how they ch- it changes throughout all these chords. Right. I might walk away and say, "Hey, in the fourth bar, I like what it sounded like," and I might take that. Yeah. So I see so, what you're saying. So, yeah. but I always look at it like, uh, and maybe it's because of my dad being a, a visual painter. I always look at stuff like sometimes I'm just sketching. So yeah. you know, and it's not turned into any kind of masterpiece. And maybe, hopefully, sometime it will mm-hmm. be. But like. I feel like those are good opportunities to kind of riff and well, yeah, yeah, do it, like crazy stuff that you're like, this is out of my comfort zone, but all of a sudden it's, you know, I, I remember doing like some crazy Food Network show that uh, Curtis Stone was the host of. I forgot what it's called. Um, one something of Inferno. Shows. Oh, like Kitchen Inferno. Kitchen Inferno. Yeah, yeah. So we, <laughs> we, had to, we had to do like some like our ingredients were like coffee and donuts. You know, typical right. Elizabeth the oh. pastry chef person so we're gonna just always give her pastry <laughs> ingredients and i was like damn it and um but then i was like we had like the choice of three proteins and i was like i'm getting the steak because i'm so tired of this thing i keep getting thrown into but then what i came up with was this coffee bernay sauce and i was like holy mm. crap it was so good i was yeah. like everybody was like i just remember the commentary was just like but this bernay sauce <laughs> And there's no way that that and would be never thought of thrown together. So and, and it just opened up a door for me. to. I was like, I can make uh, any kind well, of Bernays sauce. Yeah. To me, that's where collaborations become it, come in. Because mm-hmm. when I go into a studio with a new produ- producer I've never worked with, their process is going to be completely different. Might not be, but might be completely different to me. So if we work together, we might come up with something that neither of us could have done on our own. So that's what I think a good collaboration is. And being a musician, we're very capable of... Well, it's more common to work with... 10 different producers on one album and then you get a very different sound we'd like to work with one producer for a whole album so we have a very like concise cohesive yeah cohesive thought and vision um, but also mainly so we can tell them what to do because it's hard to tell 10 people what to take that's true right, but right, a lot of right. egos a lot of egos yeah, a lot yeah. of editing yeah. well, you guys are restaurant uh, 
musicians then like you're building it seems like oh. you're still like you're building restaurant you're building these oh yeah in terms yeah. of big but, but that's, that's art a lot of different arts in general it's not just specific to music and food I think a lot of artists just say I'm going to work on a project and, and I'm going to end it at some point we're or else I'll go crazy we're just goal oriented like yeah. we, we won't ever go back to what we just did but you'll have like going back to this thing that I was saying which I think mm. is more important than what you were saying <laughs> Um, when you're when yeah. you're a, when you like build a restaurant, is it because the microphone's closer to you? <laughs> no, I haven't figured out why you haven't just pushed him out of the way. I know, right? Yeah, me either. <laughs> but what I'm gonna say is actually cool. So you have to um, when you're when you're a chef and you're building a restaurant or you're a musician and you're building an album, you're gonna put something out there and you might have regrets. Like we go back and say, oh, like that two albums ago, like, I wish we would have done this instead of that, or, like, you gain perspective over time, and you always look back at your work and say, oh, I wish I wouldn't have, I wish I would have changed something or tweaked something. But it might not have led us to some other thing, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then there, there's also right. this whole, like, we're going through, like, space and time, and you kind of just got to roll with it and, like, be, be right. fresh in that moment and make new things. So that's that's cool. how we all are, that's how chefs are with ingredients. It's like, you, mm-hmm. you have things that you really do like in, yeah. Your, yeah. in your backpack, whatever, and, uh, and you just keep bringing them out sometimes you know I'm not I don't use the same ingredients all the time but I have things that I'm just like I'm still trying to hone like this combination I think is like going to be perfect for today which was very different than 10 years ago mm-hmm. you know I, this is interesting I haven't even thought this and I wonder if you've ever thought this too um, how s- ingredients are seasonal and you have like yeah, I'm trying to think of do music musicians Ooh. have things that are seasonal and mm. yes we do have summer songs right mm. huh. that's the so what makes what that's makes style. it a, what makes it a summer song then yeah what is it, is it <laughs> I mean I can hear kind of kind of shittier no, no, summer, no. <laughs> I mean is it just like lighter summer poppier music, or like summer yeah music has elements of things that remind you of summer much like of a course. summer dish right. yeah. so watermelon right. feta yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. in music it's like okay maybe we throw in some steel drums like you think of a beach <laughs> sure. or you think totally. of like oh, or totally like sense. yeah it actually is a weird some sort of elements no it's not a weird is it also speed? Like beats per minute and stuff? I'm okay, very well now curious we're getting into like what makes songs popular to the masses. Okay. Right, right. Yeah, no, but that's summer, right. Summer hit songs are they're, things that are... They're always very, in one like well, like beats per minute, yeah, right? So it's like an exact one? say, okay, so we're going to work on a summer song now. Right. And then there's like a list of things you I have to do. I think it's a yeah. hundred of, of 150 top songs of like whatever. Oh, yeah. Are all in the same key minute, in the same key. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, culture, yeah. Similar formula. Same, same chord progression. So the beats yeah. per yeah. minute for like the restaurant world has something to do with the things we're talking about, like the Caesar salad, the totally. steak free, the yes. roast chicken. Like it, you have a certain combination of these things that you know at least is going to lead to a And popular. those things change over like over time. Right. They become trendier. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like you can make a castle. Like I would say, exactly. I would say <laughs> yeah. maybe the avocado toast of music right now is like the soul calypso beat. Oh, it's like the, <laughs> that's the, yeah. the, the reggae soul calypso. But it's like it's just like everywhere. you were nice. Justin Bieber doing it, and then all of a sudden everyone was trying. That's right. Everyone was doing well, it. Well, speaking of Justin Bieber and uh, jam sessions and improv and art and all of that, you guys just uh, moved to LA. In. How can you be so tired of avocado toast already? Yeah, no, we're tired of it. This has been an amazing jam session. We always end the podcast up on something called. It's 86. And since Elizabeth Faulkner has not been yeah. here yet, I'm Let really curious in. about yep. uh, what her answer is going to be. You'll get another shot too, Poe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can even answer individually if you'd like. Uh, <laughs> what is something uh, that you would like to 86 in the world? In your world, it could be anything as serious or non-serious as you'd like. Who wants to go first? 
I need some. I have one. All right, All right, go for it. I don't like going into a restaurant and I order tap water and they like look down at me. Why do Why do I have to order the bottled water? All right, it's an upsell. Right. I like yeah. you're getting also get the that. soul of the city, the, the yeah. like the oh, underground yeah. flavor of that city. I mean, the minerality of the water. Because all, in all honesty, if I'm going to order a bottle of water, I'm going to get sparkling. Mm. So I, to me, the choice isn't even between a bottle like flat and sparkling. It's a tap or. Something. So do you think it's? Are you upset with the, the water part of it, or the I don't idea like how of upset? Put on, put on you. Yeah. So the idea at of the restaurant that you're like. It's like, do you want still or sparkling? Yeah. It's like oh, what water kind of water do you like? Tap. Just say that. What kind of water do you like? And I'll tell you what kind of water <laughs> I, I mean, like. You guys have restaurants, so it's like. You're it's an upsell like moment. A different That's perspective it. than me. But I'm also, there are some really amazing waters in the world, so you should yeah. actually have more options. That's right. true. Yeah. true. Why is it just one thing? Have a water Listen, menu. Elizabeth's yeah. working on her water museum. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> her water essences. Yeah. There was, though, was it? It was old school. I feel like it was Ducasse when he first came to New York that actually had like a water, water, water menu. Water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like of the world's water, which is kind of dope. No, that's yeah. kinda, that yeah. means yeah. unbelievable. Cool. And I would probably choose like some pretty cool ones. All right. I like that. Right. That's a really Very good No one has said that yet. Next up on the 86. I need some time. I need okay. Elizabeth Faulkner, what would you like to 86? It's pretty straightforward for me because we're still in June, and I'm working with uh, the 86 Red AIDS campaign. Nice. So we go. I like the 86 um, AIDS. Perfect. We, we are rocking nice. the uh, the red uh, apron from yeah. Headley and Bennett as well. So mm-hmm. that is, and also, how has that not been an answer? Yeah, uh, right. On the podcast, fifty-five yeah. episodes in. Yeah. Well, we have bought. I mean, you- it's also just it's so crazy because we are so close to getting rid of that disease, right. mm. and it's like it's just time for it to stop. And, yeah. and so much of it is like you, you just don't hear it, right? I mean, we're just not hearing about it. Like, even I mean, uh, totally different. But like, well, I was speaking to a Puerto Rican chef yesterday who, like, we're just, we're just, we're, just, we're not talking about that disaster. Puerto Rico, right. it's just kind of gone. Yeah. But there's still people without electricity, and and like, that was, was and, a like, couple years ago. So now it's not. Mm-hmm. Right, right, and it's just like once it moves past sort of like the the, well, the that, media moment, that's that, like fleeting. Yeah. Um, okay, you bought yeah, enough time now. It's gonna now, sound and so. And I don't know how you're gonna like. Re- these are two really. <laughs> good. You should have gone so after so water no, it's not then. That shallow, but I don't like curry ketchup. I don't like when people make what? ketchup fancy. I think ketchup is supposed to be basic. Do you remember when they made like purple ketchup and green ketchup? Oh, yeah. we were. We, oh, no, we made our parents like, buy that. We I love bet the you green did. And yeah. The blue one. <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, so like, like when you like flavored ketchup, straight I, up or just? Can I, can I, I just I have to justify this. So <laughs> you just came back from Berlin, I'm assuming, or you? No, you no okay. I didn't. Right. I wish. But here's the thing. I don't really like ketchup that much anyway, and there's sometimes that I want it, but then sometimes you go to a restaurant and they're like, oh, we don't have regular ketchup, we have our own version of ketchup, and it's like, but I want a consistent ketchup, like, it's ketchup, you know, it doesn't need to, it's already not going to be like a Michelin star, like, thing, Right. like, why are you trying to integrate things, I get it, there's like a creative, I know, Elizabeth's going to have a great answer, (laughs) but, like, to me, no, I'm like, I just don't want to hear the same trumpet solo all the time, oh, okay, (laughs) but, like, I don't even, that, to me, that doesn't even fit. No, I know. I, I understand. You, it's kind of the yeah. same. Like, I just think if you're going to order ketchup, you want ketchup. I mean, I usually You've said this before. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you've said that. Well, okay. I, I hear what... I don't like... No, you don't like homemade... You don't like the ketchup. homemade ketchup. Just that, like, serve Heinz. You can't deliver, like, the texture and sort of nostalgia yeah. of what we're all familiar with. Right, if you're calling it just ketchup. If it tastes like a brand of ketchup. Right. Right. Like, if it tastes like some homemade tomatoes and you put some honey in it and you call the ketchup, like, that doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. But also, I'm pretty sure now you've officially, like, a Los Angelino. Like, you're going to take back your Nebraska ID. Do you remember what I said (laughs) for my last 86 answer? What was it? Which was... I said jogger sweatpants. Oh, that's because (laughs) I said that I love them so much 
and that I hate that I feel that it's okay to wear them outside of the house. Right. And I was I was doing but it. But now like, you're wearing them. And now, like now whole, you're still wearing them. There's all. like a whole shop right over there by the tents. That's yeah, all sweatpants. Did you go in that shop? And now the AV, I, uh, whatever shop that's you, over there. Can you direct me? I'm to going to. Right it's all rainbow, and you'll really, love it. Really it's sweats. all sweatpants. Amazing answers. This turned into like <laughs> this was supposed to be just like a quick little. Yeah, this is this is good. Like a whole session. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes, thank you. It really did turn out great. Thank you so much. Of course, but really not. Just for you. Thank you for bringing Elizabeth Faulkner over here. Yeah, no, we all know she's that down. made it. Yeah. It made the conversation she so much it. better. Yeah. Than yeah. It did. It did. You, yeah. Are you, yeah. you going to bring her on an episode next season? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, I think yeah. we're going to have to go do uh, the paradigm, right? That's mm-hmm. just something we're going to have to Trying go see. Actually, just, just shooting like the yeah the paradigm like Crocodile Samurai would be like. The best way to set you up is to be like that you're an artist, you know what I mean? We're going to set it up. I'm going to go watch some uh, Kill Bill to get myself uh, uh, wrapped (laughs) up for the crazy 88s. They were fun for me. Hey, everyone, thank you so much for listening to Starving for Attention. Do us a favor. Head on over to iTunes or the Podcast One app. Uh, Give us a subscription. It's free, so it's really, really easy. Uh, And if you love this episode, like I know you're going to love this episode because it was just like fantastic. Uh, Hit us up with a five-star review. We have a five-star review. We've been uh, operating for over a year. It's the only five-star thing that I've ever accomplished, so this is kind of amazing. Uh, Thank Thank you so much for hanging out with us, and until next week, stay hungry. Thanks for listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. Download new episodes every Tuesday on the Podcast One app, Apple Podcasts, or PodcastOne.com. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you to all of our listeners. You make everything happen. And thank you to our sponsors who, who make this all possible. Me Undies, get 15% off your first pair and free shipping. Visit MeUndies.com slash starving. Quip, get your first refill pack free. Go to GetQuip.com slash starving. And TrueCar, visit TrueCar for a better car buying experience. Until next week, everyone, stay hungry. At American University, we don't just hope for change. We create it. We don't just dream of a better world. We make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout D.C. to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu gradschool.